just want to tell everybody that from Eastside, thank you. And um, I have um, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed um, this week. And um, since our missions conference, you know, when y'all had that here, um, we left on Wednesday. We started immediately working, and they left um, Saturday. And so we was up till sometimes um, 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, sometimes I was walking home at 11.30, and she was at home already and because um, she couldn't she just couldn't go the hours that sometimes we were going. And so this has been like super refreshing. Um, um, I got a confession real quick. I ain't got out of bed about 9.30 on Thursday. And, um, and I had no plans to get out of bed until 10 until she come and told me, are you going to get up? And I said, well, I was, I was planning on staying in bed till 10, but I guess I'll go ahead and get up. And uh, so Brother Wade, that was, that was the argument, Brother Wade. He asked me, he said, I'm going to find out when y'all argue. That was the argument, Brother Wade. It was Thursday morning. I want to stay until 10. And um, so, but getting to meet um, the Ortiz family and the, um, I got to say it, right? the Luitki family, the Ludki. It, so we was joking about it. I said, it sounds so much better as Luitki. Uh, but the Ludki family, uh, I have thoroughly just enjoyed um, you know, I'm a pastor too, so I'm, I'm sitting here just, just filling out the missionaries. And um, but I'm a missionary, but I'm a pastor, so I've, I've been on both sides of this. And um, yeah. so I have really thoroughly enjoyed getting to know them and just being around your pastor and his wife. And um, I, I guess the Hardy, Brother Hardy, I, you know, I, no, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, he did scare me a day in the bus. He didn't see that car pulling out, so I had to holler at him and tell him. <laughs> and, um, so, but um, it has been, has been really been joy. And um, I want you to grasp something. God has wanted to speak to you this week. Yes, sir. And God wanted to speak to you Wednesday. And God wanted to speak to you Thursday. And I want you to really grasp a hold of that. The creator of the world wanted to personally speak to you this week. And, uh, and I, I sometimes I get really um, overwhelmed with thinking about that, yes, that he, he actually is speaking to me. Yeah. Of the billions of people in this world, he, he wanted to speak to my heart. Uh, of all the places he could be working right now, he's, he's here at Eastside. Yeah. But, you know, he's working everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Anywhere that they were wanting him at, he's, he's there ministering to people. Yeah. And... Um, I pray you haven't missed out this week. Yes, sir. Um, and that's kind of where my heart's been at. And, um, you know, I, I preached here. I think I pulled it up. It was, um, uh, let me count it real quick. Back in April, um, you know, because I want to make sure I don't preach the same thing. So I pulled up what I preached then. And that's because I, preach, I was preaching on the book of John tonight. And I didn't want to preach the same thing again. But, um, you know, God's, God wants to speak. And, yes. um I, I really want you to grasp that. I'm being sincere about it. He, he wants to speak. And uh, he doesn't have to. Uh, it, it's not that, you know, it's not that he just is bound to. He, he desires to. And he is wanting to speak to you this week. Yes. Uh, he is wanting to, he's wanting to um, communicate and fellowship with you this week. He is wanting you to, he's wanting you to do something for him this week. Amen. And, you know, and I was, I was a little kid when my daddy asked me to do something. I thought that's the greatest thing on the world. That my dad, that who could do it all, would ask me to go do something that he could go and do without me. 
but yet he asked me to go do it. And I was not, I mean, I took it serious, unless it was eating vegetables or something. But, you know, other than that, I, you know, I'm, but now chopping wood and all that stuff, I'm like, Daddy, are you sure about all this stuff? But, you know, I think sometimes we treat the Lord about any work that he's got for us. Lord, are you sure about this? But no, don't just think about it. Creator of the world has took time this week to stop and speak to you. Praise the Lord. And wants you to do something. And as, as he preached Wednesday, it ain't small. Yep. It's not, well, listen, we don't serve a small God. Right. We, we don't serve a God. That would, and um, anything you do, even giving water is not small. And, um, you know, when we worked on this building, we had a family, they gave us money to go buy um, a meal one night for the workers. And, um, you know, rightly dividing it turned into two meals. And, um, you know, that was a meal that they didn't have to cook. That was a meal that, you know, we didn't have to cook. That was a meal that nobody had to prepare for. We just went and picked up some stuff. And you took my huge, I mean, you took my huge blessing. And, uh, and they'll never understand that. They'll think that was minor. Well, I understand you working, you know, y'all know this. You've been working all day long and somebody, you know, you go pick up some food and it's hot. I mean, that's, that's major stuff. Yeah, and um, just fellowship was major. So ne never minimize what God wants you to do. Um, you never, never do that. Never do that. But thank y'all again. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I told Aaron, I said, he's got me Friday night. I must be the old preacher. So... <laughs> Brother Ortiz, thank you, brother. I'm not. <laughs> and um, so, but, you know, so I, I was thinking, she, she told me, she said, you was wrong. You're not the oldest. And I was like, I used to be the youngest, but I was, I was afraid I was going to be the oldest one here this week. You know, so thankful for Brother Ortiz. And um, so he's such a blessing to me. And um, I don't know. Oh, you there? That's where you are, brother. I, I didn't know which way. To, I didn't know if I need to look that way to it. I didn't know which way, so I'll, I'll look away and ignore. So, but um, I just say, Lord, sure has been good to us this week. Yes. And um, the messages have been good. I mean, just spot on. God yeah. speaking, um, singing, fellowship, and um, you know what what we what we have is um, we're trying to get to a portion of where y'all are. And um, that's, that's really um, when you go to a mission field and anywhere, either here or even other countries, um, they, they don't have what y'all have here. And um, it's not that we're seeking after that because, you know, Bukwana, I mean, we'll never reach that. Um, but if God does whatever he wants to do, that's fine with me. If he wants to stay at five, he wants to stay at 20, if he wants to stay at, put us at 40, you know, I'm content with that. Whatever, whatever God wants to do, but when they get to places, they... You know they're trying to get their people to understand what y'all already know, and um, that's that's sometimes a struggle that a missionary has to get the people there to to realize what y'all already know and are practicing. And so that's just I just want you to get your mind on those things. So Book of John this evening, Gospel of John chapter sixteen was in thirteen when I was here. I double checked, so when I was here back in April and. Um, we just finished chapter 17 at our church and chapter 17 is the Lord was praying yeah. and um, he, he prayed really for himself in the beginning and um, you know, I read after a few people and they kind of had some remarks about it but I want to say this, if you, ever, if you neglect to pray for yourself and you pray for everybody else then you fall away, you, you've missed it yourself. 
So you got to pray for you. But then he spent the rest of, that was verses 1 through 5, the rest of the chapter, he prayed for the disciples and then for everyone else who gets saved. And uh, you're talking about some sweet words that he was saying in his prayer, and he finished it up with unity. Right before he went to Calvary, the thought that was on his mind was unity for the believers. I wonder if it's on his mind tonight. Unity amongst the believers. Just something to ponder on a little bit. Something to ponder on. John 16. Going to look at the first six verses of um, John chapter 16. Preacher, uh, we, um, I'll get y'all to stand. You mind reading for me, preacher? John 16, verse 1, says, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Lord, you should have been good to us. Lord, um, you've been faithful to us these days, Lord. Um, you spoke to us, Lord, and I thank you so much for that, Lord. And I pray, God, that tonight, Lord, um, you speak again, Lord. I pray that it be new and fresh. God, and I pray to be something that will stir our hearts, Lord. I pray that you touch me tonight, Lord. Help me remember those things, Lord, that you have showed me, Lord. And I pray, God, that you, um, you guard my mind, Lord. Help me, Lord, as I'm preaching, Lord, that nothing would um, just cross my mind, Lord, and interfere my thoughts tonight. Lord, help me stay focused upon you tonight, Lord. And I pray, God, that you, um, you do a great work this week, Lord. I love missions, Lord, but you love it more than me. Lord, you died for missions. You, Lord, you died for men. Lord, and I pray, God, that you keep the focus here, Lord. And I um, thank you for this place. Lord, thank you how you've worked here. Thank you how you used this place to minister in my heart. Lord, and I pray again for you will to be done tonight. We trust you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. So, John... Chapter. These verses are these these chapters um, beginning in chapter thirteen. This is the um, what you would call the upper room time frame. Uh, Jesus, we you know some of the stuff I, you know I, I mentioned when I was here last time, but some of it's going to kind of I just like refreshing memory. And so you know he washed the disciples' feet, then um, they they ate, and then he he removed Judas. He dismissed him. And um, this was, a, I guess this was going to be a believer's only conversation. Yeah. And so Judas is now removed. And um, you know, he'll do that in your life. He'll remove some people. Yeah. Um, he's done that with, um, you know, family and stuff like that. And um, in our lives, it would have um, hindered us from um, serving the Lord up here. And, um, and I understand that now. I didn't understand why he was doing it, you know, four years ago. But I understand it today. But he does those things. And then he started having a very intimate conversation with the disciples. And any time that, that you can get along with God, you're in a good place. Yes, 
And if you ever can really grasp that that the God of heavens, the creator of the world, is wanting to take time to speak to your heart, you would be in a good place in your life. A lot of times we think God has nothing to do with us. I've I've messed up. God ain't going to spend time with me. That's only for that crowd. That's only for for those, or it's only for the preachers, or it's only for the deacons, or, you know, no, God wants to speak to you tonight. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter what problems you have. It doesn't matter what you have faced this week. It doesn't matter what you have faced even today. You're here tonight, and his desire is to speak to you, and his desire is also that you listen to him tonight. Uh, Not me, but him tonight. And so he's been speaking to the disciples. They, they leave that upper room area. They start walking through town. And, and you get into chapter 15. I am the vine, you're the branch. And he just starts getting so much personal to them. And then you get to the, near the end of chapter 15. And, and then he, he starts letting them know. He said, they, they, really, they hate me. And they're going to kill me. And, but then he starts telling them about the Holy Spirit of God. And I, I think, I'm so thankful for the comforter. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad it doesn't matter if I'm in a jet uh, 50,000 feet or 40-something thousand feet in the air. God can still speak to my heart. It doesn't matter where I'm at. Yeah. If I'm at the church by myself, just um, I'll go in there and I'll, I'll, I'll get in there and just start playing on the piano. And just me and the Lord in the church on, on a weekday by myself just worshiping the Lord. I, I love doing that. It doesn't matter, it doesn't really matter where you are. I'm going to tell you, he, he, wants to, he wants to spend time with you. He wants to speak to you. And he, he was doing that with the disciples. But then you get into uh, chapter 16 and he tells them something interesting. They're going to kill you too. Yeah. Well, I want y'all really look at verse 1 for me real quick. Now that just throws out health, wealth, and prosperity here. You're not going to find it in verse 1. So your $70 seeds of death. You give your life to God and you're going to have everything made. No, they're going to come and kill you too. Well, there go, that just goes out that false doctrine really quick here. And then he starts talking to them about that he's going away. And, and he, he's really just giving them some rich conversations here. Some give you a few thoughts and then we'll just trust God what he's got for us tonight. But you look at verses 1 through 4. He, he's really speaking to the disciples about being dedicated. And when I say being dedicated, when, when you're told that you're going to give your life for the cause of Christ, they're, they're going to take your life, that, that requires a little more effort from you than what you realize. That's going to cause, cost more than what you think it's going to cost. He, he wants the disciples to be so dedicated to him and for them to realize that, that because you love me and because you're following me, they're going to take your life too. You can't, this ain't time for you to back off. This ain't time for you to let up. I don't know if you've been watching what's going on over in the Middle East right now with Israel and everything. I've been, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a scholar when it comes to prophecy. I'm not, I wouldn't even say that I know much about it, but I do know that when uh, everything that I've ever heard is when Russia and Iran kind of come together, you might want to look out. Well, I don't know if y'all know it. Iran sent them um, stuff so they could start bombing um, Ukraine. 
So they're already working together. This, this is wrapping up very quickly and very soon here. We really don't have time to let up. We, we don't have time for squabbles. We don't have time for any of the, the, the show horse and pony games right now. It, it, we got to get busy. And the disciples, if you really grasp what is going on, if you take the time frame of, of their life and really what we might be looking at as the rapture, there's not much time for us the same as the disciples. And they don't have much time left in their life. And he is wanting them to be dedicated to him. They're going to kill you too. This is going to cost your life. And, and it, I'm saying if you're saved in here and you ain't died to yourself, you haven't paid really what you ought to be given for God yet. I'm not talking about just giving your life to him. I'm talking about you dying to you. You dying to the, your will, your want, your, your selfish desires and, and making sure you've got the right kind of things that you want in your life. Uh, you know, y'all know what we drive. We drive an 07 Honda Odyssey and an 03 uh, Mercury Mountaineer. And um, I, don't, I don't have no desire for a 23 anything. I have no desire in it. I, I, don't, I, I, just, I don't want the payments of it. And I, I don't want nobody in our town to think we're better than anybody. We, we're not there to impress nobody. And, and sometimes we're so dedicated to other things, we forgot to be dedicated to the Lord. And the disciples here, what they're facing is the fact that Jesus is fixing to leave and they got, they, they, their mind is we got all this to do for ourselves and you're telling us now they're going to kill us too? You got to be dedicated. And he told me, I, I don't want you to be offended. I don't want you to stumble. I don't want you to fall because they're, they're going to come and kill you too. And I think sometimes we, we stumble over the, the I'm just going to tell you more. I stumble over some of the dumbest things. And I'm talking about spiritually speaking. I stumble over dumb things. Things that ain't going to matter when I get to heaven. And I let those things affect me. I let those things keep me from being dedicated to God. I get asked so many times, how long are you going to stay? How long are you going to stay? And the reason being is because there's so many people that came up here and said, I'm here to stay. They packed up and they left everybody. They were no longer dedicated to the work and the will of God. And they left and it left lost people wondering, does anybody really care? Does anybody even real anymore? That's, that's kind of what um, we deal with. This is mine, right? Okay. See, once the disciples understand, you've got to be dedicated. Yes. I don't say a missions conference. It's ain't a game. Right. I, I'm, I'm be honest with you. I want um, to just thank the Lord real quick. We've not had not one church to drop us since we've been here. And I've heard that, that missionaries, when they get to the field, they lose sometimes 20% time to get to the field. But Ortiz will probably have to tell you more about that one. That you, they, lose, they lose support time to get to the field. And it's usually over church splits. It's usually over just crazy things that happen inside churches. Listen, we don't have time for that. The disciples didn't have time for that. Jesus fixing to be crucified. 
uh, their life was fixing to change. It was going to be walking by faith, not by sight, because they, they watched Jesus. They followed Jesus. He's going to be crucified. It's going to be the Holy Spirit when you get to Acts. And so they, they have to be dedicated. Listen to me. This, this, this meeting is about you becoming more dedicated to the cause of Christ than you've ever been. Amen. This is what's going on. The reason God has set this aside, the reason God has spoke to your heart Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, is because he wants you to be dedicated. He wants you to understand that time is slipping. Time is going away and he needs your full heart. Uh, we, we, were, we went to Disney World back in uh, some year ago. I can't remember. That was before they got as woke as they are now. And um, y'all know how um, y'all know how your kids get sometimes. They only want to give half effort, and they want to clean half the room and do half the dishes. And I was like, "That's fine. I can I can think I can think things through. I mean, my eyes don't work, my mind does." And I said, "How would y'all like it when we got down to about Georgia? We just set you out about halfway, and then me and Mama go the rest of the way." And then we'll pick y'all back up when we get done and y'all can just take half a trip. Oh, no, we don't do that. Listen to me, I told him, I said, then you don't do that with God and you don't do that with us either. Give it your all. Don't give God half. He didn't give you half. He gave you the best, which was Jesus. And he expects the best of me. He expects the best of you. And that's the only way that is ever going to happen is when you are fully and completely dedicated to him, and that's what he's telling the disciples. You got to be dedicated to him. You, you get to the chapter five, and the first part of it, he speaks of his departure. And I, I love this. You go, you go back into chapter two, and he looks at Mary and says, Woman, what's this got to do with me? My hour is not of hand. Then you get later on in the chapter, or later on in the Gospel of John, and he says, My hour is now of hand. And now he's saying, It's, it's time. He, he is going, listen to me, his, his, he warned the disciples, no, I'm going to pay the sin debt yours, the whole world. I want you to understand that. I'm going, I'm paying the ultimate price. I'm giving my life so you can have eternal life. That's why you've been following me. And I'm doing that so everybody that you go after this and you tell them about me, they have the avenue of salvation because I have paid the price at Calvary. And he speaks of his departure here. But where my heart said is in the end of verse 5 and verse 6. And he tells the disciples that I'm going away. And he says something really interesting to them. I want y'all to look at it. You haven't even asked me where I'm going. I am talking to you. I have been instructing you. I have been trying to give you all that you need and you haven't even asked me one time where am I going. It's like you don't even care what I'm telling you. It's like you're paying no attention to anything that I'm saying. And he says, and this is why. In verse 6. Can you read that one more time for me, preacher? Wherever you want to. He said that sorrow has filled your heart. And he, he really he wants them to understand you're distracted. And I don't, I don't know if it's ever, I, I, get, I guess, let me confess, I get distracted sometimes. 
And that's where the disciples are. Jesus is fixing to leave. He is wanting them to be dedicated. And the fact that he tells them that they're going to take your life the same as they're going to take mine. He said, you, you, don't, you haven't even asked me where I'm going because sorrow is filled. They're so distracted that, that they can't even really focus on what God has said to them. Let, let me ask you tonight. Did you even hear what he said Wednesday to you? Or was you distracted? Did you hear Thursday what he said to you or was you distracted? Is your mind so distracted tonight that when the service is over, you're going to ask, well, it seemed like that was really good, but Lord, what happened? I have, I have been in problems. I have been in struggles and trials in my personal life. I have went into church and I wanted, Brother Ortiz, I wanted God to help me. I wanted God to speak to my heart. But the only thing I could do was just think about everything that was going on in my life. And when the service ended, I never allowed God the chance to speak to me. I never gave him the opportunity to speak to my heart because I was so distracted over everything else. And, and that's, if you're not careful, you'll wind up, Sunday will come and Sunday will go and you'll be, what happened? And you're, some of you are probably right here tonight, you're saying, it seemed like it was really good Wednesday and Thursday, but I had, I had you know, the job situation, the family situation, I've got children's situations. I got a bad report at the doctor. You know, I'm, I've got this new bill to come in and, and God tried to speak to you Wednesday and you never heard him. And God tried to tell you Thursday, this is what I want you to do. And then he's looking at you tonight. You didn't even care what I said to you because you're so, you're, you're so distracted. And I'm, I'm not going to beat the disciples up tonight. And I want you, I want to show you why I'm not going to beat them up. Go back to verse 1. They're going to kill you too. Now, who would that not distract? Uh, let's be honest. Who would that not? I mean, there, I mean, um, y'all know this. Brother Rupman probably deals with that on a routine basis over there. I don't deal with that. I have never had anybody in Pequona, South Dakota to threaten my life. I've had a guy to threaten to tell me if I was a real man, he'd worship me, but that's about as far as it's been. And I've never had anything, I've never had none of those things to happen. As far as I know, I would say probably 80% of my town kind of likes me a little bit. I mean, they, they're all pretty religious, so they call me pastor. I mean, they, they, they have brought me watermelons and set them at my front door. I mean, they, they, they have mowed our yard at the church, mowed our yard at the house. They have come with, without me asking and cleaned off snow. I mean, they seem like they like me. But listen to me, I've been distracted without my life being put on the line. And the disciples here are distracted because their life is on the line. But I get distracted over way smaller things. Way smaller. And there's some of you in here probably tonight, you're distracted over something that's probably not even pertaining to your life being taken from you. And we look at these verses and we're just like, oh man, they're, they're weak Christians. They're so distracted. Jesus was speaking to him. He's saying, you didn't even ask me where I'm going. Listen, when's the last time you asked God, what do you want me to do? Yes, sir. Have you asked God yet, how much do you want me to give? Can I be blunt real quick? You're probably distracted because he did tell you. 
because he told the disciples they're going to kill you and that distracted them. He might have told you how much you're, what you're supposed to do and that has got you completely distracted because you're thinking, Lord, I can't do that. Lord, I can't go through that. Lord, that's not, Lord, I, no, no, Lord. And no, and he's saying, you, you haven't even asked me. And listen to me, God's going to do it, not you. And, and that's, that's where the problem, God was going to do the work through them by giving them the Holy Spirit, but they were so distracted or the fact that he said, they're going to take your life. You, you know, the, the greatest thing that anybody could ever do is get me to heaven. Yeah. And, that, and they threaten us with that. And they're telling us, we'll take your life if you don't do this. Well, good, send me on to heaven. That, that'll be a great joy in my life. And we, and see, we get, we get so twisted up on things, and they're so distracted. By, let me just put it in some context real quick, because this is real where my heart's at. In their mind, they're supposed to go out in royalty with Christ. In their mind, as, they, as he's fixing to leave, oh, we're going to go out on, we're going to go out like on horses. We're going to go out triumphant with Christ and everything's going to be good. And he said, no, I'm going to leave you. But they're going to kill you too. The reason, they're, the reason when you look at it in depth, they're so distracted is because things are not going in their life the way they want it to go. And we all go through that tonight. And that's what, that's what this revival is to get us to do, is get us to get back to dedicated to the Lord. Yes, sir. Because we get so distracted by this world that God said, this is what I want you to do. And you're not listening to me. Right. I, mean, I, I, get, I get so distracted over uh, minor things. And I got to be careful when I'm going to share with you. Um, you know, I've been kind of burdened about some things at the church and we got a message today, and uh, man, it's so heartbreaking at what family's going through right now. And I was distracted over something dumb when I really should have just been focused on what God wanted me to focus on. And there, there, and listen to me, you, some of you in here, you're struggling right now because God has been telling you, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to give. This is, this is where I want you to be at. This is how I want you to do things. And you're thinking, I can't do that. And you're thinking, well, Lord, this won't work out. Lord, I got this going on in my life. This is going on. And I, I wanted it to be like this. This is the way I wanted it to go. Y'all know we predetermine how our life is supposed to be. We don't believe in predestination, but we, pre we predetermine our lives. Y'all know that. I, I was, um, my desire was to be in the ministry along the beach. I went to Christmas, Florida. I preached in Christmas, Florida. This is the will of God. And they didn't want me. I went to Bahaba, Maine, Bar Harbor, Mount Desert Island, preached at, at uh, I forgot the name of the church, but a little church there on the island. Uh, this is the will of God. It might be cold, but they got a beach. And um, they said, well, no. And then Brother Mark Whittemore, he lasted me out of time. He said, you the furthest from a beach when God put you in South Dakota. He couldn't have put you any further in, than to a beach than when he put you in South Dakota. And I said, no, sir, brother. We got an American Creek Park and have a beach over there at the river. God, God gave me a beach. Listen to me. You're not careful. Things in your life won't work the way you want it to work. That, that does not determine what God is wanting to do through your life, though. 
and you allow those things to distract you. And just as the disciples, you will not give yourself to the will and to the work of God because what, it, what God has told you bothers you. What God's will is for your life and what his plan is for your life bothers you. And you don't want to go with God's plan because your plan is so much better in your mind. And you're so distracted by everything because you think you know what is best for your life. I'm saying that because I'm saying it because I've done those things. I thought I knew what was best for my life and he told me that you're going to lose your eyesight. And I thought my whole world crashed before me. But then when God saved me, he showed me I can use you. I can do something with you but you can't do it on your own and you got to give you to me so I can do those things but I was so distracted because I didn't like God's plan I thought mine was so much better and there's something the disciples are no different they thought their plan was going to be better than God's and they were so distracted that God said you're going to die then it's like no this ain't what we signed up for this is not what we want for our lives and then some of you are maybe in here tonight, you're so distracted over everything else because maybe, the, maybe your life is not going the way you thought it was going to go. Maybe there's some mistakes you made when you was 20 that still haunts your mind and you're thinking, well, God, you can't use me. But God's already said, this is what I want you to do. But you're distracted over that instead of focusing on what God's got for you. Maybe tonight, instead of God saying, I want you to give this much money a month, I want you to give yourself into missions. And you're looking, well, I can't do that. I ain't going that far. You might send me somewhere I don't want to go. I, I was reading and uh, um, I was telling Brother Ortiz, I was trying to find something in the Bible. We still can't find it. So, bro, maybe we can find it before we leave Sunday. And... Um, I got to Deuteronomy chapter 1. He, say, he told me, you've, I can't remember how it's worded, but you've either dwelt or you've, come past, you've come, uh, been around this mountain long enough. It's time for you to move on. And I'll tell you, when, God, when I got there, um, God did a work in my heart, and I, I was studying after some crazy person. Uh, I just get along with people like that. And, uh, and he said it was like those living on a spiritual treadmill, going nowhere, but thinking they was doing something. And I was walking this morning on one, and after about 10 minutes on it, I, I got thinking about that message, and um, Aaron saw the uh, Ludke family, and they was like, where's Brother Aldridge? And he's on treadmill. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I think sometimes I'm spiritually on one. <laughs> you know, just going through the motions and ain't gone nowhere. But God did work in my heart. He let me go to Honduras, and I, I'll never forget it. I, I, we, we went into the one, one tabernacle building, and then we went to another one. And um, the, the first time was in that other building. When the uh, time I walked in, listen, I'm talking about the time my feet hit the concrete, God spoke to my heart. And the guy I was with set me down, and I was, I was like, Lord, you got to get me somewhere so I can go pray. I mean, it was like heavy, Brother Wade. I'm talking about like heavy on my heart. And um, somebody come up, they said, we're going to go over in the corner and pray. You want to go? I said, I've been begging God to let me go pray somewhere. So we went over there, and I told God, if you want me in Honduras, I'll go. I'll go, I'll, I will go to Honduras if you want me to go to Honduras. And he didn't let me go. And listen, I tried to go back and he wouldn't let me go back. And that became a distraction in my life. Because this is what I wanted. But that wasn't what God wanted. And then he, he opened up the door for us to go to Maine and we went up there. And I, I've still got a video on my phone of me and my youngest son um, singing a song uh, about I'm one blessed man. 
and I'll go back and I'll listen to it. And I, I can remember just vividly that just God's presence being in that little um, hundred and something year old church that night. And I was like, Lord, if you want me here, I'll, I'll come to Maine. I, I know it's cold, but I'll, I'll go. And he didn't let us go. And that killed, I'm going to be honest with you, that killed me. I, I thought I knew what was best for my life. And God said, no, I know what's best for you. I was so distracted and I could not even focus on what God wanted for me. I could not, it's like I couldn't hear God because I was wanting to be the one to make the choices in my life. I, I thought I knew, and listen to me, I've done that with mission giving. I was like, well, this is the amount I'm going to give God. And God, no, no, that's not what I told you. You're, you're doing it in your own ability. Won't you stop and let me do it through you so, you, so I can get the glory out of it instead of you getting all the glory because you did it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget this was at Walters Grove, and I was sitting there, and God really got a hold of my heart and went down the altar, and that's what I told him. If you want me to stay right here and teach Sunday school, I'll never complain. If you want me to stay right here and go nowhere, if you don't want me to ever go out and preach at another church except just right here when my pastor needs me and at the nursing home every month, if you want me to just teach this class and go nowhere, Lord, I am willing to do that if that's what you want in my life. And after I did that, God opened the door and we're in South Dakota. Listen to me, if you're not careful tonight, you're going to be so distracted over what God is wanting for you because you think you know what is best for your life. You think you know how much you're supposed to give. You think you know how, where your life needs to be at. You think you know if you're supposed to serve God in this manner. Listen to me, you don't know. We, none of us know. We just, I'm honest, we just think we do. We're not that smart. I hope y'all know that. I know I'm not, Hallelujah. And I know some of you in here are not either. But listen to me, if you're not careful, this week's going to go by and you're going to miss what God has for you because you're distracted. And that's what he wants. If you look down, I think it's verse 11 and 12, he told me, he said, you can't even bear what, I'm not going to tell you anymore because you can't bear it. Which, which that really, when you study that out, that means it's, it's almost like something that you can't lift. It's like this object is bigger than you can even lift. He said, you can't handle anymore because of what I've said to you. These things, these things I have told you, you can't even take those things. I can't give you anymore. I'm, I'm, I love y'all, and I'm not saying this in the wrong way. God might not speak to you this year because you wouldn't listen to him last year. God might not speak to you tonight because he wanted to speak to you last night and you ignored him. If you're not careful, you're going to allow so many things in your life to distract you to the point that you won't even hear from God. If you're not careful. And I listen, I have been distracted over all kinds of stuff. It breaks my heart. But I'm, I'm, glad, I, I'm glad that he's got me to points in my life and I'll say, okay, God, let me just step back. Let, here, you just, whatever you tell me. You remember I told you how I shot the deer? Lord, if you want me to go down two inches. Lord, if you, want me to, if you want me to pressure right, I'll pressure right. If you want me to go up just one inch, you just tell me, and that's what I want to do. Because if I don't do it, then I'm going to miss the mark, as he preached last night. 
If I don't do what you're telling me to do, then by the time I get there, listen to me, you can be off just a smidgen right now, but, you know, y'all know when you shoot a gun, you go a mile away or, or maybe, you know, 400 yards away, you way off. And if you're, if you're missing it tonight, you'll be way off by next year. If you're missing it tonight, and if you missed it last night, listen to me, you're going to be way off in five years from now. Don't miss the mark tonight because you're distracted. Don't miss the big thing that God has for you because you're distracted tonight. I'll say this one more time. God wants to speak to you. God has something for you. And God wants you to do something for him. I want you to listen to him tonight. Don't, don't, don't allow things that are in your life to distract you where you can't hear from God tonight. Because the disciples, he told them, he said, you'll do more than you've ever done when I'm gone. I'll tell you, you're gonna, you'll do more than you've ever done if, you, if you're not distracted tonight. I promise you, give your life to God. Get rid of your distractions. You focus on him, and then you step back in amazement and let God do something. Listen to me, you, you'll, you never dreamed you'd ever, I never dreamed I'd be here. Never dreamed it in a million years. I never thought that, I never thought God would want to. But he did, and I, I was so distracted by me. And I said, you gotta get you, you gotta get you out of the way and let God do something tonight. Amen. Get, get you out of the way and let God do it as we stand. The piano comes and play. Preacher, I'm gonna pray, then I'm gonna get you come on up. Let's pray real quick.